Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to Ecophysiotherapy Presents Health, Wellness, and Lifestyle. My name is Madeline Golick, and I am the owner of Ecophysiotherapy as well as a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And my guest today is Cheryl. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Thank you very much for having me, Madeline. I'm I'm very uh, interested in this topic that we're talking about today. Uh, but before we let our guests know what that is, I thought maybe you could start off by telling us a little bit about you. Sure. Uh, my name is Cheryl Maloney. Uh, I live here in the western part of the GTA with my husband and two teenage daughters. Um, My background is actually in business, Mm. so I have a a Bachelor of Commerce from the University of Alberta as well as uh, my Certified Management Accounting designation. But what got me interested into what I currently do, which is Certified Executor Advisor, is uh, actually it was after a family illness that happened a couple years ago. Um, I'm a co-executor for my parents' will along with my brother. And it was my mom who had a mild stroke about two years ago, mm. and it really took us by surprise. She wasn't sick a day in her life. In her early 70s, it was not something we had expected. So it really made me think about, as, as being an executor, what exactly do I have to do? Because I didn't know. Mm. So I found this course, this designation, Certified Executor Advisor, and I took it really uh, for personal knowledge, but then realized there's so many people out there like me who've probably agreed to be an executor for their parents or aunt, uncle, close friend, but they really don't know what that entails. I, I, I absolutely agree. And so I thought this would be the perfect conversation to have because, you know, uh, unfortunately, we all are going to pass on mm-hmm. um, and somebody's going to have to take care of our things and our finances and our stuff. Um, and there's a lot of responsibility that goes with that, that Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm sure others have no idea what they're supposed to Mm -hmm. do. So I I, I thought maybe the best place to start is, like, who or what is an executor? Okay. So, yeah, let's go through a few definitions. So an executor is someone who is named in the will who will be the person to to follow through with the instructions that are listed in the will. So you're going to make sure that the wishes of the person in the will are followed through with. So... Just another example, a testator is the term that we use uh, for the person whose will it is. So you are in charge of making sure the testator's wills, uh, wishes are followed through. Right. Okay. So you're the one that's going to, you know, divvy out and, you know, pay off debts and, uh, you know, dispose of any unwanted items and all all of that. Um, So let's maybe talk about... What are the res- like? What are the responsibilities of an executor? So, okay. and and just to go back to that yeah. term executor, a lot of people, you know, traditionally it's thought of as a position of honor, position of trust, which it is, um, and a lot of people accept it out of moral obligation. So whether mm. it's your parents or your aunt or uncle who asks you, 
you accept it, not knowing what that entails. Mm -hmm. So as an executor, um, the number one thing is you have to follow through on the wishes of the testator. So what's in the will? Your job is to make sure you're the voice for that person who's passed away. So whatever's in their will, you have to make sure that those wishes are followed. Yeah. So what that also means is you have to act in the best interests of the beneficiaries in the will because that's where the proceeds are going. Mm. Um, but there's so many more things that happen before you get to the part of divvying out inheritance. Um, things like uh, when you think of right off the bat, you have to secure the premises. You have to arrange the funeral arrangements or memorial service. Um, you have to do a lot of filings with the government. As we all know, there's lots of forms to fill out. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of everything else. Uh, so funeral arrangements, as I mentioned, uh, you have to communicate with the beneficiaries. Uh, let them know where you are in each stage of what you're doing. Sell property, if there's property to be sold. Um, file your estate administration tax for the, the estate, and so on and so on. That sounds like a lot of stuff that I have no <laughs> clue where I would even begin with mm -hmm. taking taking these steps. Um, and, you know, there's a timeline, isn't there? Yeah. And that's the other thing is, is you don't just dive into giving out inheritance. There are certain things that have to be done, in particular with government filings. So certain forms have to be filed within the first 90 days to actually be the registered um registered as the the legal executor you have to file for a certificate right off the bat so there's lots of things that have to be done in a certain order so it's about being prepared right right and i kind of use the analogy of, of let's say baking a cake if you've never made a carrot cake before yeah um and someone said just go do it well if you don't have a recipe to follow and you don't know the order to do it in it's probably not going to turn out very well but if you turn and you have this amazing recipe which says do this first Mix the wet ingredients first, then mix in the dry, and then do this, bake it at this temperature, temperature for yeah. this long. Then you're going to most likely come out with a good a good cake. Yeah. So you need a roadmap. And you a with your hair intact. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, like, because, you know, if you're just trying at random to get things done and you're trying to figure out what forms, not only that, but you're also grieving. Absolutely. And that's the other thing. People, we can talk about it now and have this conversation, but usually the executor is is grieving alongside of, of the beneficiaries because it is either a parent or a close friend or a close relative. So your, your stress is higher, and when you're grieving, there's a higher risk of making mistakes. So it's all about being prepared for this duty. Absolutely, yeah. And it's certainly much easier to be able to have these conversations uh, you know, also when that, when the person you're going to be doing the will for is alive to make sure that Absolutely. you understand yeah. also, you know, what, what they, what they, what they want. Yeah. And I mean, an example is, is uh, there's a lot of executors out there that, um, have never seen the will before they actually start in their role as executor. So you don't know, let's say that Johnny's left out of the will and you got to go tell him that you're not prepared for that. So these are conversations mm. you want to have before your role commences. That would be a really tough conversation mm -hmm. to to have, um, especially when you're not expecting. <laughs> and then you're the one having to deal with the emotional Absolutely. conflict mm -hmm. uh, on top of the grieving yeah. emotions and anything else that might be happening at that time as well, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because, um, you know, you might also have to be there for other family members who mm -hmm. are 
grieving. So that's a lot of responsibility. It is. On, you know, perhaps one or two people's shoulder. But then I assume it gets even more complicated if there's more than one executor. Yes. So absolutely, you're going to have to work in tandem. You're going to have to agree on everything. Yes. So it makes it a little more difficult. Yeah. Um, So I thought we would talk about, because... The one thing that I that I've learned from you um, as an executor is that um, that there's personal risk involved, and I don't think people know that. And I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about and and if there's one thing that your viewers take away from today's conversation, and that is to understand that there is unlimited personal liability when you're an executor. So um, I'll, I'm just going to actually read this definition to you. Um, that it is a fiduciary role. And what fiduciary means, and this is the the definition, a fiduciary responsibility is a legal obligation of one party to act in the best interests of the other. It is held to a higher standard of conduct and trust. So what that's saying is that as a role of executor, you're expected to do as good as an accountant would do when it comes to finances, as a financial planner would do when it comes to investments, all those things. So you're held to that higher level of conduct. and the beneficiaries are watching, right? Because they have, they have a an interest. interest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and with the you know with the internet the way it is now, they can go look up all sorts of things, and they're on top of you to make sure you're doing it properly. So, as an executor, you take on personal liability. It's it's almost like pledging your own personal assets in in in, in doing this duty. So, if you do if you make a mistake, uh, and I mean, no executor is trying to fail. Yeah, right. Well, of course, right. But maybe they file something late. There's a penalty. Maybe um, we'll hit some examples later on on how that can happen. But you need to make sure you understand that you do have unlimited personal liability. Walking yeah. In there. Meaning, if there's any dispute, you're paying out of your own pocket. Yes. So if there's a dispute with a beneficiary, with a creditor, with others involved in the estate, you are personally liable. Yeah. We just wanted to kind of yeah. make that clear because yeah. that, you know, we're, we're actually like, I have some personal, you know, uh, close personal experience of people who are going through this right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially when legal fees start getting involved, like that gets very expensive. And yeah. if, you know, most people just don't carry around extra <laughs> money to pay for this unexpected, right. you know, conflict, uh, you know, that you've agreed to, you know, do this for a friend, family member, whatever, mm-hmm. not knowing, it, like, if you haven't seen the will or whatever. You you just yeah. don't know where where the disputes are going to, to happen. So maybe we could talk about, like, a couple of examples where an mm-hmm. executor might run into some issues. So there's a couple examples. So let's talk about trying to get the job done quickly. So let's say the beneficiaries are, are really hounding you. I want my inheritance. I want my inheritance. So you pay it out right away. Yes. But you haven't received an actual certificate um, from the government saying that your assessment is complete. So what that's, that can mean is maybe they'll come back and assess the, the state again and say, ah, oh, you know what, we need another extra $10,000 in estate taxes. You've already given away all the estate money to the beneficiaries. You are on the line for that additional tax. Wow. And I mean, I, I can only imagine going back to the beneficiaries, they're not going to be giving it back to you. Right. right. But that's because you gave the money away too soon. 
Okay, so you want to make sure all the assessments, all the filings, you know, you've spoken and made sure there are no outstanding creditors or that's any. Right. You want to make sure all of that's in place all of that's before you yeah. take it out because, again, yeah. like you said, you're personally liable. Yeah, so there's something called a clearing certificate, which would then, if they came back and assessed you after you have received the clearing certificate, you're not on the line okay. for that additional. So, yeah, there are certain order of things to do and, and you want to make sure that you've done them absolutely yeah um, another one would be now this is an actual example that's happened where uh, there was a, a residence so it was the, a family friend who was the executor it was his his friend that passed away and he was taking care of the estate and of course the the friend's children were the beneficiaries yeah. so he went and got a real estate agent sold the house properly which was fine but the beneficiaries were smart enough to go look up the zoning of that house. It mm. was a residential property, but it was actually zoned as residential or commercial. So he sold it as a residential property. If they would have sold it as a commercial property, they would have got $200,000 more. So the mm. beneficiaries sued the executor for an extra $200,000 that they didn't receive. Right. And this is a family friend. Just He says, I was just trying to do what I'm supposed to do as an executor. Yeah. And that happened. And unfortunately... Mm -hmm. Personally, He's on the line. personally liable, yeah, yeah. and I, and that's a lot I don't know money. about you. I don't have two hundred thousand no, dollars just not hanging kicking around. around. No, yeah, no. And and another example. So that's a monetary example. Another example is uh, where there were three sisters. Their mother passed away. Um, the mother said to the eldest sister, who she appointed as executor, "I've gone around the house and I've put stickies on the back of everything, color coded. So you get green." Your middle sister gets blue and the youngest sister gets pink. Yes. So whatever has that on. Now, what she didn't do is, of course, all the sisters had a key to the mom's house. Yeah. As an executor, you should um, secure the premises. Even though they were her sisters, she didn't think that anything could go wrong. Well, the younger sister goes in first, takes everything she wants. And when the middle sister goes in, um, she phones the executor sister and says, where's everything with the blue sticker? She says, well, it's in the house. There's nothing here. The younger mm -hmm. sister went out and cleaned out the entire house. So now the middle sister is suing her older sister for the silver tea set that was promised to her by mom. You know, and I, I mean, yes, a tea set can be worth a lot of money, but uh, it's the sentimental value too, right? Yeah. So you can, it can be for something as small as a tea set or as large as the sale of a property. Right. And then, you know, and then there's, you know, the lifetime animosity uh, absolutely. That, that, you know, now you have this family conflict between sisters who yeah. you know who knows if they're going to be able to work past that yeah. in, in the future right yeah. now it's all three over you know not you know maybe it should have been listed out properly in the will right who gets what rather than a sticky note but you, you just don't think about those things yeah, yeah. right in you, advance you don't. and then that's the thing is is if you can really prepare ahead of time you're going to alleviate most of those issues so that you will be able to move forward amicably. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, the, the person who really could solve those problems is the one that's passed away. Right. 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 They, they can't give any explanation. They can't sit there and, and say, this is how I, these are my wishes. It is, it is really spoken through, through the executor. Okay. So let's talk about how do we, how do we try to mitigate? Like, how do we try to reduce these risks? Mm -hmm. What can people be doing now, if they're listed as an executor, yeah. um, to well, protect themselves. I'd say the number one thing is communication. 
right? As in everything. So if you're an executor, the best thing you can do is speak with the testator ahead of time, go through the will with them so you understand what their wishes are. And if there's any red flags that come up, um, you can address them then, right? right. So it's communication. Uh, other things plan ahead of time. Sit down. Well, that's what CAs do. We sit down with people and we go through and we provide them with a roadmap. Mm. Um, we can sh say this is what's going to happen in the beginning, within the first three months, you know, and within the year. So it's about letting them know what they're going to expect because, as we know, um, their role never commences at a perfect time in life. Death happens when death happens, right? Yes. It's not going to fit in your schedule. But you're going to have to deal with it. The government's not going to say, oh, I'm so sorry that you're busy right now. And if, let's say you're a, an accountant and it's tax season. <laughs> the government right. doesn't care. You right. have to get things done in a certain time period. Right, right. And so can you maybe expand a little bit more in terms of what a certified executor advisor does? Like, mm -hmm. um, The first thing is I create a dialogue between the executor and the testator. So we'll get together, the three of us. We'll talk about what's in the will. We'll talk about the expectations. But I'm also that unbiased third party that can ask the difficult questions. So right. let's say you're the executor for your parents. You, there may be some questions that you feel awkward asking. You know, what's the size of your estate? You know, how much do you have in RSPs? Like, um, what's your debt? What are you leaving? To, yeah, what is your debt? Who are you leaving to what? Um, and, and those are the things I can ask, and I get that out on the table for you. Right. right. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is um, you need to know as an executor what your risk is. And there's there's certain estates that are way riskier than others. So things that would, would come into play, let's say somebody's left out of the will, or let's say there's blended families. So you might have step-siblings and half-siblings and, and divorces yes. and things like that. So that makes things more tricky. Right? Yes. Um, and there could be let's say that one sibling has borrowed lots of money from the parents over the, the years. And is that is that put in the will? Is there a loan outstanding? Like, is that documented? So all those things mm -hmm. have to come up, right, in conversation. So we do a risk assessment and find out where you're at to see, you know, what you're going to come up against. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, other things that I would do uh, to help is I do walk you through what's going to happen. So in the first 48 hours, what do you need to do? Things like if there's pets, they need to be taken care of, right? We don't think about that. Right. I, right? I literally, my eyes are just like, like, right. What if, like, what if there's other what people? What if there's Scruffy in yeah. the house and people aren't thinking about that, yeah. right? You know, there could be animals. Yeah. Another thing, an example, I sat down with my sister-in-law and they have a farm. I said, if something happened to you and your husband, what happens to the horses and the dogs and the chickens and the, do you have a contingency plan in place? And she just looked at me and went, I never thought about that. Right. You don't because you don't think you're both going to be gone at the same time, but things can happen. It could be a car accident. Absolutely. You yeah. Um, you need to secure the premises. So from intruders and also natural elements, what if a window was left open? You know, did you know that? What Things if the like, stove was left hot or, you know, like... You don't know. So we, we yeah, walk yeah, through yeah. what you do in the first 24 hours, 48 hours, first 90 days. And the 90 days really deals a lot with what kind of government filings do you have to do. Yeah. Right? Um, and then, of course, communication with the beneficiaries. You let them know where you're at. Uh, lots of different things. And, and then usually the average time for an estate to close is between 12 months and 24 months. Uh, so... I can walk you through what's going to happen. Every state's different, but 
you're going to follow the same procedure. Same procedure, yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously, the more things there are, you know, mm-hmm. if there's multiple properties, multiple properties in different yeah. countries. Absolutely. You know, trying to figure out how you sell those things. Yeah. Like, and even something as simple as your your final wishes. So yeah. let's say that um, you're the executor for your uncle, yeah. just as, as an example. You want to ask him, what do you want to do? Do you want a service? Do you want to be cremated? What do you want? Because all of a sudden when he passes away, you're grieving as well. And then all of a sudden you've got all these different opinions coming at you. Well, he would have liked this. No, no, I think we should do this. You're the voice of him. Yeah. So it's best to find out ahead of time what he wants. And you can say, no, Uncle Joe said, this is what I want. Yeah. So it's, and it'd probably it's, even be better if it was written. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and like attached with the absolutely. will. So here's part of your plan. Okay. What do you want for this? And then you're going to know that um, here's the documentation I'm going to have to be doing. I walk you through all of that. Yeah. So you have a baseline for what yeah. you're going to go through. And you're going to need, you're going to know that in what order things need to be done. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's, you know, it's just not something that we talk about because we don't yeah. really talk about death and no you know like it's not a fun conversation no. it's what to, to have yes um but man like to to be able to mitigate the risk yeah. and and reduce the amount of stress and just know what you need to do yeah. without having you know a panic attack yeah. and it right? is time consuming and so the executor has to realize when they take that on it will be time consuming but they also have to understand that there you can be compensated for that role um, an average would be about 25 to 3% of the estate is something you could charge. But that's something you want to clarify before. Ahead of time. Ahead okay, of time. I, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and some siblings, you know, are happy if you're, for example, the power of attorney and you're taking care of mom and you're doing this, but the moment you become the executor, then they might ask, well, where did you spend that money and what did you spend it on and, and where's it gone? Because all of a sudden they realize that that's coming out of their inheritance. So you, you kind of... Get all these things handled ahead of time. This is what I can help you with. And yep. there's ways of, of doing that inside the estate, but also outside the estate so it's more discreet. Yeah. Cheryl, this has been super informative, and I certainly hope that our viewers have a little bit of more information to, to understand. And, of course, we will be posting Cheryl's contact information um, at the end of the video or in the description if you're watching on YouTube uh, to get in contact. You know, these are hard conversations to have, but really important to have them ahead of time especially if you've already agreed to be an executor and especially if that person's still alive a lot of this could be hashed out in the beginning so that you know when when the unfortunate event happens you know you're at least that part of the stress is is minimized And, and that's the main thing i'd like to leave people with is to remember that when that person passes away um you can't get a a question answered from them once they're gone there's no way they can answer that question. So let's chat beforehand. Uh, let's get everything ironed out. And that way it's going to be a lot easier for you. And that way it makes the role truly an honor and not, yes. not an overbearing stress. Exactly. So thank you again so much for coming on the show and, and sharing this information because I think it's really, really useful. And um, hopefully uh, our viewers found the same. So yeah, thank, thank you. you for having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you for watching and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.